Welcome to the Art of Pilates podcast. I'm your host, Louise Torp from Torp Pilates. Let me help you live better through Pilates. I aim to keep you motivated, inspired, and informed with insight into many Pilates topics and awesome Pilates practitioners. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find me at the Art of Pilates group on Facebook. Let's start. Nice to see you. Great to see you, Joe. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's just awesome. I'm really excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. Yay. And it was so much fun getting to be on your podcast last year. It was around about this time last year. I think I was on your podcast. It was. I know. I just saw the Facebook memory. Yeah. And we love talking to you. Oh, so good. It was so fun. So Joe, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background? Like where did you grow up? What is your art background? Because I know you've got a visual art background. How did you get into yoga, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in inner city Melbourne, in Albert Park. And strangely enough, both my parents are scientists, but I just always loved making art. And that's what I studied when I finished school. I went to RMIT and studied visual art. And then I went on to study printmaking. And just through that process, art kind of evolved from being something that I just really loved and made me happy into being a little bit more of a source of pressure. And I think a lot of it is to do with the way art school works. It's very much based around challenging you and pushing you and it can a little bit suck the joy out of the creative process. Oh, no. Yeah, and there's so much writing proposals and everything that sometimes by the time you get to actually making the thing, you're already so sick of the idea. <laughs> and so I... Oh, no. Yeah, and I can't quite remember what drew me to my first yoga class, but it just really helped me through that time. I think I must have just needed something else in my life to just to tune out and let go of that pressure of, you know, trying to be an artist. And it actually helped me creatively as well. I felt just really good afterwards. And I pretty much started doing yoga and Pilates around the same time. With your yoga practice now, do you feel like that you've taken some of that creativity and put it into what you're doing now with Garden of Yoga and your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Because you get to be really creative when you sequence a practice But I think you also get to be really creative when you're working with people with different needs. And so you might have someone come in with, say, a knee issue. So, okay, right, I want to strengthen all of the muscles around the knee joint, but then they might have something else going on. So you are always evolving your plan so that this person can get the benefits of the practice in a way that suits them. And also like in a way that's enjoyable and fun for them, especially if it is something like a knee issue where, you know, sometimes those knee moves aren't the most fun. So if you can add a new challenge to that or bring in another piece of equipment that they really enjoy working on, I think that's a really good creative challenge. How do I take these movements that are, I don't know, like kind of taking your medicine, like maybe helpful, but not the most fun and really bring the fun into the practice and like creative sequencing can be a big part of that. Yeah, exactly. And some of those yoga moves are really great for strengthening the knee joint as well. Like all those standing on one leg, all those standing poses would be awesome for just getting that VMO working a little bit more too. Yeah, I find the combination of both, of yoga and Pilates together is so useful with that stuff because it just gives you this big toolbox to draw from and all the Pilates props are so great and so fun as well. And then the aerial hammock is another prop that's just amazing and fun and kind of takes people 
people out of their everyday experience a little bit. There's all these new sensations for them to enjoy. And I really loved hanging out in your yoga hammock that day and doing Pilates moves in the yoga hammock. It, it was just so unique. So how did you get into the, the hanging yoga Pilates stuff? The aerial yoga stuff on a holiday in San Francisco. So I saw it online and I thought it looked really cool. So we just went to go for a class because that's just one of the fun things I like to do when I'm on holidays, like check out different classes in different places. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. I want to keep doing this. How could I keep doing this? There's no aerial yoga studios in Melbourne at the time when I got home. So it's really amazing timing. There's one studio in Brisbane and they organised the first anti-gravity aerial yoga teacher training in Australia with Christopher Harrison, who's the founder of anti-gravity. I got home to Melbourne. I did some Googling. And I saw their website online. So I just went on their mailing list. And literally a couple of weeks later, they're like, right, we're going to run the first training in Australia. It's at the Gold Coast Olympic Village. So I went to there and did that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And in your studio, you have to have a certain rating to hold those massive hammocks. Yeah. It's a bit of a process setting it up. I had to get an engineer, even in my smaller studio, which was a garage. So I had to, like, rebuild the ceiling beams and even rebuild the walls properly support the load that we need to support and I think it makes people feel really comfortable when they see big strong beams they're like yes I'm supported yeah exactly and so how did you how did you actually start uh, Garden of Yoga and like what class do you teach there how do you integrate Pilates into the classes that you teach it was actually the name that I chose as soon as I finished my teacher training because what happened was I finished my art training, I did visual art, and then I did printmaking, and all the time I was doing yoga, and I still thought I wanted to like mainly be an artist, but I thought that yoga would be a really good complimentary fulfilling day job that I just do for a few hours a week, and have lots of time to make art, and then just through the process of doing my teacher training and beginning to teach, I just realised I would have such a more happy life if I really put my creativity creativity and energy into yoga and Pilates and teaching and then art could be something that I do for fun rather than all this pressure of trying to make it as an artist. Yeah I think being an artist is so hard because as you know like I was a professional dancer for years and it's just really hard to make a living. It doesn't become fun anymore and then I found the most fun I was having was actually teaching my Pilates classes to make ends meet. I'd started teaching Pilates and then I realized That was actually my passion. I just really, really loved it. I think one of the things with making art is there's all this soul searching that goes into the project and then sometimes hardly any people see it. But when you're teaching, you get that instant people thank you at the end of the class. You really feel like you're making a positive difference in people's lives. It's like a little creative project in each session with an audience who's super into it. And, you know, it sounds really grandiose, but like we can literally change people's lives with these and that's amazing yeah it's really awesome I just love it when people come to my class and I feel like this is because everyone's so time poor these days if people are turning up to do a session with you you just feel so honored to have those people there it's like oh my god you're taking like this is you know probably an hour out of your busy week where you don't have much breathing space and you're seeing me you've chosen me to spend this time with and to exercise and to become stronger and have that bit of downtime as well. Often as soon as people arrive, like they're so happy to see you because they really look forward to that time in their week. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so what's your vision for Garden of Yoga going forward? Oh, we're so excited because I've just gone from a really little space to a bigger space. So a maximum of three people to like eight people in hammocks or 12 people on the ground. And it's just really opened up the possibilities to have workshops. We've got a chair yoga teacher training coming up with Claire, who was on our podcast a little while ago. And also um, Ran's really into video and editing and media. And I'm really excited about that too. And it's actually a really great space to film in as well. So our vision for the future is not just having in-person classes, but having online classes as well. And I know for myself with aerial yoga, even in Melbourne, which is a pretty big community, there's not that many aerial yoga teachers. So since I'm one of the more senior teachers, there's not really classes I can go to for like new inspiration and new ideas. And I know there must be teachers in rural areas or, you know, just teachers who have busy schedules. So it's hard to get to class. I want to kind of connect with those people and share ideas and something I'm super passionate about is accessible aerial yoga. Cause I work with a lot of people who have injuries or older people or people in larger bodies. And the hammock is actually amazing for those people because it's so supportive and we can really be adaptable with it. And I haven't really come across that type of training anywhere. So I'm really excited to share what I've been working with and also, I guess, bringing information that I know from yoga and Pilates and kind of translating it into the aerial hammock. Oh my God, that is so exciting. I'm so excited about it. It sounds so awesome. And it's bizarre because even like on YouTube, I connect with a few different people and then you start talking to different people. And then I was connecting with this one girl. She's just got a hammock in her house, this yoga hammock. I saw on her video, she was doing all these inversions and sequences. And I was like, I know, yeah. You just got that hanging in your house. That is so bizarre. I'm so happy to connect with me. And I'm like, wow, I'd really love to do that hanging. It looks amazing. But um, yeah, so I reckon there would be a lot of people in the whole world who have hammocks hanging in their house who want to do that aerial yoga and Pilates as well. So Yeah, I do have people who will come from out of town and just do a one-on-one session with me just to be, okay, I need some new ideas or I'm having trouble figuring this thing out or people who've bought a hammock online and they just don't know what to do with it. Oh, wow. Wow. What have you most enjoyed about having your beautiful studio garden of yoga? What's been the best thing, do you think? I actually think the creative aspect of it has been pretty awesome because it was in my imagination for so long. And then this big creation that we've got to bring to life. And I did a lot of the painting and the decorating and everything in there. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And now I'm really loving being able to create community. A lot of people who we've met through the podcast and now people who are coming in, it really feels like we're making friends as well. And the vibe in the studio is not super zen and super silent. It's fun and, you know, we do get to that meditative state usually as the class kicks in. Yeah. But there's definitely scope to enjoy being there as well. Like, don't just have to go there and be silent and sit on your mat and close your eyes. Like, yeah. it's kind of about community as well. Yeah, I think that's really needed. Like, because sometimes you can get so lost from that feeling of community when you're, you can feel quite isolated with work. Like, even as a Pilates instructor, you can feel a little bit isolated because you might be, you know, going from one class to another. Or, yeah, so it is nice to have that sense of community. I think as well, um, one of the amazing things about 
yoga and Pilates is even if you're not feeling very chatty, maybe you're going through some emotional stuff in your life, just being with other people and moving in rhythm with other people and having that shared energy, I think it can be really powerful. I know I teach quite a few older people and it's a time for them to get out of their house and go and do something different. And I know they really appreciate that in their day and you kind of see it as they leave the practice. They just look so much more full of like life and vitality. And I think that's just amazing to be able to share that with people. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. What's been the most challenging part of creating Garden of Yoga? Oh, the admin. <laughs> Absolutely. I spend at least a couple of hours a day doing everything from answering emails. I probably should be way more social, way more efficient with the time I spend on social media, but I know that sucks up a lot of my time. The whole bookkeeping business aspect of it also takes up a lot of time and as well as that, you know, there's the full-time teaching load and the classes that I teach other places. So, yeah. yeah, I think the challenge is having a bit of time off as well and maybe kind of being a little bit more intentional with my time that I spend on the computer because I know I've definitely had a whole afternoon where I've been online, I've been kind of working, but I haven't really checked that many things off my list. I've got sidetracked lots of times. Yeah. Like, that's a definite challenge for me. Yeah, it's really hard to go up like it. I try and just go for the most important emails, answer those, so then I can spend a bit more leisurely time and thoughtful time with other aspects as well. And that's, it's really hard. I really struggle with that too because it's a little bit, it's not as exciting as working with people or being creative. So No, no. And I don't feel like it's even particularly something that I could outsource that easily. Mm. A lot of the time that if I had a VA or someone, they'd still need to ask me the answer for that email. Yeah. Because it's a lot of the time it is people getting in touch and asking questions and things like that. Yeah. And has there been any surprises with starting up Garden of Yoga? Um, yeah, there's definitely been a few surprises going from a really small studio to a larger space. And I'll start with a negative one. The amount of people who book sessions and don't show up. Oh, no. That's been a bummer. Especially since when I had my smaller space, I didn't really offer any intro deals or any kind of unlimited passes or anything. So people booked and paid for their individual sessions and then 10 passes. Yeah. And so now we have a lot of different classes on, we do have an intro deal and it works great because people come and try for a really reasonable price. One aerial yoga class for an adult is $35 and our intro pass is 45 for 10 days of all of our classes, or almost all, except for Studio Pilates. And it's kind of a real downer when like people will come and they'll love it and they'll like book out lots of classes, which is great because that's what we want them to do. And then they just won't show up for half of them. Oh dear. And it's yeah, especially when you've actually met the person and connected with them. Oh, dear. You could have given that spot to someone else because you've only got the eight. Yes, exactly. And also it kind of throws you off starting the class because you're like, oh, okay, I'm still waiting for these two people who are coming. Oh, maybe they're not coming. Oh. So we've actually had to change our, we're in the process of changing our intro offer and now it's going to be like two strikes and you're out. So Sometimes life happens and there's emergencies and you can't make it to class and you can't cancel and, um, you know, that happens and it's no one's fault. 
But I think just kind of having that policy from the beginning that there's this expectation that like, yeah, if you book your session and you don't show up twice, you lose your pass. Like, that's it. And the intro passes are always such good value as well. Yeah, yeah. You're already giving them a really good discount just so that they can experience the video. Exactly. So if they're not turning up, it's just like, mm, not good. Mm. And a lot of our sessions are booking out now because a lot of people are taking that deal and then it's like, oh, empty hammocks in a booked out class. Like, yeah, that just is disappointing. We're kind of, I guess, trying to um, educate people. But yes, it's a small space. Every spot is precious. Um, be mindful when you book your sessions because people get excited and book like three sessions in the one day and you know then sometimes they conk out before they get to the end of that oh my goodness and do you have any any advice for anyone starting up a home studio yeah i would definitely have some other stuff going on because i think with your home space the most challenging part is reaching people and the best way to reach people is word of mouth so if you have some corporate classes going um Obviously, if you teach at a gym or another studio, they probably won't appreciate you telling people about your home space. So it's kind of good to kind of connect with people where there wouldn't be that conflict of interest. So teaching in workplaces, I think, is a great um, way to have some income coming in, but also just to get yourself out and about so people can experience your teaching. And then they'll be way more likely to want to do that private session with you or to do that small group session with you. I feel like a lot of people, like it's a bit more of a financial commitment if it is a one-on-one -on -one or if it is a small group and if it's your home space, that's probably what it's going to be. So you want to kind of have other places where you're teaching so you can meet people and also to take the pressure off yourself financially yeah. because home, it, like, it really fluctuates a lot more than my other classes. So you want to kind of have plenty of well, you just don't want to put all that pressure on yourself just relying on your home studio where you have to generate all the interest and all of the business yourself because that takes a lot of energy and, you know, you just don't want to kind of put yourself in a position where you're under all this pressure before you even start teaching. But also, like, you've only just started your biggest studio, so usually it takes, like, a couple of years before <clears throat> everything's, like, flowing really smoothly and classes are full. So... Maybe you're just kind of thinking of expecting everything straight away. But. Yeah, well, I guess at the same time, because I had my small space for years as well, like even though the studio is new, I feel like I've been doing this for so long. So maybe that's a good reminder for me that like, yeah, we are still new. We are still building. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty lucky in that aerial yoga is a bit more unique. So a lot of people find me through Google. Yeah. Like if you were just teaching yoga or just teaching Pilates, I don't know if you get as many of those Google searching people. Like you might have to really put yourself out there in a way that's unique or kind of focus on a more specialised population or a few different specialised populations to kind of find your niche. Yeah, exactly. Choosing not to keep up to date with the latest information on working with pre- and postnatal clients will be detrimental to your business and your clients, especially in a world where the prenatal client has access to abundant knowledge on pregnancy through antenatal classes and the internet. For example, it used to be that from 20 weeks, it was not recommended to exercise supine. Then it was 16 weeks. Now it is at 12 weeks. When it changed to 16 weeks, I learned about this through my prenatal client who had recently attended an antenatal class at the Royal Women's Hospital in Melbourne. Don't let this happen to you. 
Be the expert for your clients. Don't risk losing clients because you are not up to date with the latest information on working with pre and postnatal women. The Pilates world is about creating carefully designed programs that take into account all aspects of working with people with specific needs and maintaining the highest level of care backed up by current knowledge and research. Join me for the Pilates pre and postnatal workshop online or face to face. Simply go to tallpilatestraining.com to find out more. What is the best thing about having your own home studio? It's like having an awesome yoga studio at home. <laughs> so we can just go out there anytime. It's a really good excuse to kind yeah. of buy all the props that you want to buy. Like I have a reformer at home. I would never be able to justify that if I wasn't teaching on it. So that's really great. Yeah. And especially with our new space, like our house is really little, but the studio is so like expansive and airy and colourful and like we don't have enough air conditioning in our house. So we like now can hang out in the studio where it's nice and cool. And I think, <laughs> so that's really good. And I think as well, um, I think for all teachers, Keeping your own practice going is something we all know is really good for us, but can be a real challenge. So having this dedicated space to practice in at any time of day is awesome. And I absolutely appreciate it. The other thing that's really good about having your own space is you can do whatever you want. So if I have an idea for a class, I can just try it. Like I've got one class on my timetable called Nurturing Yoga Plus Pilates. It's all just like, the stuff that I kind of do for myself when I'm feeling tired. So it's all just like gentle stability moves. We hardly ever get off the ground, but it still kind of feels like you've done a whole body, something good for yourself. Oh. And so I feel like that would be a bit more of a challenging sell. Like I'd say if I was at a gym or something, but because it's my home space, I'm like, oh, okay, I really like the idea of this class. I'm just going to pop it on the timetable and see if people book in. Oh, it sounds like one I want to do. I love that type of class where you're sort of lying around and not doing much, but like you are doing something. Yeah, definitely. And you're kind of, you're a bit more thoughtful of your whole body. Like it's just, it has a, a really beautiful feeling. Like you're reconnecting, you're actually breathing and thinking how do I actually feel and yes definitely yeah yeah, yeah and it's like at the time all the movements feel kind of small and they're all out of the ground but then afterwards like you stand up again and you feel taller and you feel more relaxed so yeah those little moves can be powerful yeah exactly and just being able to let the body relax sometimes you're so tense and if you go into a class and you're just thinking oh I've got to work hard then you're better off doing something that's a little bit simpler which is going to be more effective to to de-stress and take those muscles out of that high tension level as well. So, Oh my God. Yes. I see that so much. And sometimes I feel it for myself. Like if you look at shoulders is the place where I carry my tension. And then sometimes if I go into a yoga class and there's heaps of upper body work, like lots of chaturangas and plank pose and like forearm planks and things, or if I go into a reformer class and there's heaps of abs work with arms in straps and like, yeah. you know, afterwards you'll feel good because you've moved, but you kind of feel like you've just, overlaid more tension on those muscles that were already tight and tense and overworked yeah and so tell me about this chair workshop that's coming up when is that happening oh it's happening in march and it's already sold out which is amazing so we'll probably do another one it's with claire canine and we spoke to her on our podcast a little while ago and she just happened to mention that she was going to be doing some chair trainings like out of 
I think she'd been doing them online already. And so she wanted to do some in-person ones around Australia. And we were just like, oh, we'd love to have you at the studio because we just had this like amazing conversation with her. And me and her have already had a little get together where I wanted to just show her the aerial hammock and kind of just get some ideas from her about like what chair yoga moves would translate into the fabric. And the first thing that I tried, which I can't believe it never occurred to me before, was just having the hammock at a height that was in between the really low to the ground height, which is where I usually do my restorative moves, just like the legs or the feet in the fabric, and the hip crease height, which is where you'd wrap yourself in if you wanted to hang upside down. So I hung it at chair height, and it meant that it's really easy for people to get in and out. People feel really safe because their feet are on the ground. And even just moves that I'd previously done up high was so much easier and so much more accessible for people, like just at that chair height hammock. Wow. So I was just like, oh, wow, this is going to be amazing. Like I'm really looking forward to doing her training. And that's the other bonus of having a home studio space. If you host different trainings, you get to do them yourself as well. Yeah, that is awesome. That is so amazing. So is she based in Melbourne? She's based in Sydney. Oh, in Sydney. Okay, so she's coming down especially for the workshop then. Yeah, for the weekend. Yeah. And this other workshop that that I've got going on, which I'm also super excited about, um, the one that's coming up on the 19th of January is sold out, but there's another one that we're going to do. I haven't put it up online yet, but it's going to come up on the 3rd of March. Um, Another beautiful... uh, Tibetan singing bowl, Reiki master, sound healer, sound meditation person. Kelly Sullivan has been doing sound meditation workshops at our studio. And I just wanted to combine her singing bowls with floating in the aerial hammock and make it like a two-hour, like, floaty, guided meditation, kind of gentle movement session. And the way she plays the singing bowls, she actually moves around the space and you can feel the vibrations through your whole body, through the fabric as you float in the air. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I would so love to do that. That just sounds awesome. Oh yeah, come to the next one. I think we're going to do one every season. Yeah. So summer one's booked out, but I think we'll definitely do an autumn one. Oh wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. But Joe, I really love hearing your voice on your podcast. Oh, thanks Louise. <laughs> got a deeper voice so it's quite calming but also hearing an Australian accent I listen to a lot of podcasts and they're all mainly American ones so it's nice to hear an Australian accent <laughs> I've like learned a lot about my vocal tics doing the podcast I know I know yeah. <laughs> and also I love how you put so much thought into every single question that you ask and how how your mind thinks you always have like a slightly different perspective to what I would think and I really love that. So what what kind of pushed you to start Flow Artists? Oh, that's so great. Like, thank you so much. Um, Like, talking to people, I think I kind of just do my thinking out loud. So a lot of the questions are literally the wheels turning in my brain, kind of making sense of what they're saying. Wow. And the podcast was Ryan's idea. So he was doing his yoga teacher training and he like listens to a lot of podcasts and he got me into listening to a lot of podcasts. And we had a few conversations just about yoga stuff when he was like writing his essays and because we're both really into yoga, like that's what we talk about a lot at home. And then when he finished his teacher training course, suddenly he had like this space in his life because he kind of had to set aside this time to do his studies. So he just said to me like, Oh, I think I'd really like to start a podcast. Would you like to do it too? 
And it's worked out really good between the two of us because he's so much more on the tech side of things. Like he really takes care of all of that. Like he the website for the podcast, he hosts himself, he kind of deals with all the gear and everything. But the side of it that I really enjoy is like the people side of things and the storytelling or the story learning side of things and um, writing the questions. Like I'm always the person in a training or a workshop. Like I already have so many questions that I want to ask and usually I like even hold some back. So it's, you know, not annoying for the other people in the workshop that I'm asking so many questions, but this is the perfect forum to ask all the questions. Yeah. So I really love that aspect of it. Like I feel like I learn so much from the people that we talk to. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it too. With Brian's stomach cancer, like that was such a full landmark on both of your lives. Like, and also sometimes the carer person takes more of the brunt of the stress while watching their partner go through everything. And I know it must have been so difficult for, for both of you because you're so very, very close. I've had clients who've had encounters with cancer and seem to experience like a post-traumatic growth rather than post-traumatic stress. And they seem to kind of excel in whatever they put their mind to. Like they just go full on guns going all the way, just full on. And I'm just wondering, do you think that both of you have gone through that post-traumatic growth together and that's why everything seems to be coming together now? Maybe, yeah. I think for Ran, he literally faced death. There was one point where they thought that the cancer had spread to his lungs and then that would be a terminal diagnosis. And so because we were dealing with that for a few weeks until he had another test that showed that thing in his lung was just nothing, it just meant he wasn't afraid to try anything in life. So he just wanted to get the most out of life when it turned out that he could have the surgery and have his stomach removed and actually recover from this and go on to do things. I think he just really wanted to make the most of his time. And I think for me, while he was sick, I had a really amazing support network and I just took work off the menu. I taught my classes and that was actually super helpful for me because that would be like that hour in that day when I'd just be like present with the people that I was teaching and moving and I wouldn't think about all of the other stuff that was obviously on my mind all through that time. But I didn't put any ambition into work. My present for myself was, oh, you don't have to do any social media, just forget about it. And I didn't really push myself to, you know, grow my business, which I think you always have to be doing a little bit of because otherwise, you know, you're just treading water and not really developing. And I think that after we had a couple of years where it was just all about him getting well, then he did his teacher training because through that time, yoga and meditation was so important for both of us I think that's one of the things that really got us through so it went from me just doing my thing to suddenly he's really into it as well and because I'd been chilling on work for a while and then I was really excited to get back into it and to do new things and instead of just being a solo person now I have a business buddy and someone else who has his own ideas like the podcast and someone who built us this amazing website. So I think that, yeah, it just gave us this real surge of inspiration and enthusiasm. And he went from working in a job that he'd been at for a really long time to going freelance. And so he had more spare time, in theory, and <laughs> we suddenly seemed to be really busy. 
but yeah, we just kind of really reshaped our lives. Wow. So yeah. It's amazing. It's so inspiring to see. It's just incredible. It's really exciting to be someone on the outside and see your lives just really blossoming. So it's really great. Oh, that's so lovely. And I get, it's so lovely to hear that because you know, when you're, um, I'm sure you have this with your business as well. We both just always have a massive to-do list. <laughs> so, you know, you always just, you know, I think it's really important to look back and celebrate your wins yeah. and not just push yourself to get on to the next project and get on to the next thing because you're the person who's writing all that stuff on the list. So, you know, it's not going to end because you're always going to have new ideas and new things that you want to do. Yeah, exactly. So your podcast, Flow Artists, is so successful. How many downloads do you have now? Oh, we're up to about 13,000. So that's really exciting for us. In the world of podcasts, I guess we're still pretty small scale. I actually try, Ryan is a lot more about the stats, and I actually try not to focus too much on that side of it because you can get really trapped in this thing. And sometimes we have an interview that we're really proud of and we really love speaking to the people and then for some reason that one doesn't go as well so you're like oh why didn't people like it and I really just try and focus on being the best that we can be and having really great conversations and maybe not choosing the people who already have a massive following who would probably be the episodes that would do well because they do have a massive following Mm. but instead focus on the people who we think are doing really amazing things and maybe not getting the attention that they deserve Mm. and especially people from different backgrounds because I think talking to a really diverse range of people firstly is so interesting to listen to to hear about different people's lives But also, if you're making your own media, this is your chance to shine a light on people who are doing amazing, awesome things who maybe aren't getting enough representation in mainstream media. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And have you thought about doing, uh, getting a Patreon account so people can actually show appreciation for all the work that you do and so that Ryan can buy more equipment to play with? It's totally on that long to-do list I keep mentioning. (laughs) Yes, we really want to do it. And one of the things that we want to do is get a a transcription service because we have had someone who has messaged us to say, can you transcribe your podcast so that hearing impaired people can listen to it? And it's just something that we wouldn't have time for ourselves. It would take so long to write it down and we're already struggling to squeeze in all the things that we need to do to make the podcast. And there are some electronic transcription services, which we've tried, and they're so bad. It would take, but we tried it. It would take me hours to edit out all of the random words in that one-hour podcast. So, yes, we definitely want to do a Patreon, and first on the list is transcription services. Yeah, that sounds great. Or even, like, yeah, the subscription to, like, have something on your website that people can subscribe to for your class We well. Yeah, yeah, we do have a donations button if anyone just wants to like, get ahead of that right. Patreon. Why don't you mention that when you're doing your podcasts? I don't know, yeah, I think we feel we don't want to spam people, but maybe we should mention it more. Yeah, if you were doing a podcast, like I'm sure people would be fine with hearing you say, oh, by the way, if you want to donate to keep our podcast happening and healthy, 
go to our website and press this button. Yeah, yeah. They were, we're already saying, oh, subscribe on iTunes, write us a review, and we've got this workshop coming up, and we're doing this thing that I guess maybe you can just cycle through the different things that you mention to people each episode. Yeah, I think so. And just put it like at the beginning, like something at the beginning, something at the end, and something in the middle. Everyone loves interacting and making a comment or like giving a review because it makes you feel so good. Yeah. And I'm sure people would feel so good being able to make like a donation, whether that's a dollar, two dollars or twenty million dollars or whatever. So (laughs) from your own question, I stole this question from your podcast. If you could distill your teaching and everything you've learned into one core essence, what do you think that would be? I think my core thing would be on your own team. So I think that if we put a lot of energy into being down on ourselves or being negative or thinking about all the things we don't like about ourselves, it totally saps our energy to make any changes. So I think just cultivating self-acceptance and self-love is super powerful. And if there are things about your life that you're not happy with, rather than just being really self-critical and negative about it, put that energy into making changes. But, you know, don't put a lot of energy into putting yourself down while you're doing that. I think it just makes everything so much harder if you're not on your own team. Yeah, exactly. So true. Yeah, like if if there was a friend in your life who was going through hard times, how would you speak to them? Like you'd be encouraging. You would try and make them feel better so they have their energy to get out of that hole. So yes. Yeah, exactly. And I have a lot of clients who come in as well who have a really negative body image and are coming to me for a weight loss reason or because they want to change things in their bodies and... I want to teach them in a way that they can work on their goals because that's what they're here for. But also they feel really good about the body they have now and who they are today. And that the practice is just as much about feeling good as it is about making any physical changes. Because I think when you feel really good about yourself and you value yourself, that's when you make better health choices anyway. I don't think anyone makes good choices if they don't like themselves if that makes sense yeah. and then it's kind of like they'll do the punishing exercise regime yes or then they're really full but they'll just keep on eating because like you know they've wrecked their diet anyway and then it becomes like a punishing thing rather than an enjoyment factor so yeah and i don't yeah. want people to come to class because it feels like something they should do i want them to want to come i want them to enjoy movement and to enjoy exercise so i guess that's really what i want to share yeah Wow. And so how can we find Garden of Yoga? Oh, so I'm on the internet (laughs) at gardenofyoga.com.au. I have a beautiful website that Ryan's just finished. And then I'm on Facebook as Garden of Yoga. I'm on Instagram as Garden of Yoga. And the podcast, we're at podcast.flowartists.com. And we also have the Flow Artist community group on Facebook. So people can find us in those places and runs run love yoga on instagram as well oh beautiful that's awesome <laughs> thank you so much for your time today joe it's just been so wonderful. oh thanks for talking to me so great to see you <laughs> on the internet <laughs> i know i know it's great so um and i'm so excited that you're making a podcast i can't wait to listen to it i know i'm excited too i'm like because I love listening to podcasts so much. Like I think from doing your podcast, I started just listening to more and more podcasts. So oh, that's so great! Addictive, and also what I love about podcasting, like with a lot of my social media, a lot of it is so visual, and you think it's really intimidating to have someone doing a tricky Pilates move on the Cadillac. 
Like maybe not the average person is going to be able to do that. But when you're listening, like there's less body image, like, you know, idealist images. So you kind of feel like it's more interesting or something and it's not as intimidating. I think so. Absolutely. And I think it's definitely something I see in the yoga world. So much yoga media is all about aesthetics and all about a really narrow definition of beauty. And that's not what yoga's about. So it's great to do something where there's no aesthetics. That's not part of it. It's all about people learning, people growing and people sharing. And um, I feel like it's something that's needed in the yoga and movement landscape. So it's really awesome to like be the change you want to see in the world and, you know, put your own voice out there and share other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like be in your body. Yeah, feel what's going on, not just see. And I've learned so much from you, Louise. You've been like such an amazing teacher and mentor in my life and you've been a real inspiration for me starting a home studio. So I'm super honoured to be able to give some of that back in the world of podcasting. <laughs> Yay! Thank you so much, Joe. That's so beautiful to say. Oh, Thanks. thank you so much. <laughs> all right take care have a great day you too Bye. 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 thanks so much for joining me if you've learned something awesome today do a friend a favor and share this episode so that they too can learn the art of pilates you can book a pilates session with me at louisetorbpilates.com don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at my other website torpilatestraining.com so if there is anything you want more info on check it out there if you love what you hear i would really appreciate you leaving a review i hope that you've enjoyed listening and that you have learned some tips and tricks to help you master the art of pilates if you'd like to join our supporter community you can do so at patreon.com the art of pilates i hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy pilates